Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to 48 Minutes as we continue our team previews. It is now time to go down to Texas. And talk Dallas Mavericks basketball, the third year in a row, a third writer, Tim Dander here with Sean Mackey. Sean, what's up? How are you? Good. How are you doing, Tim? I'm good. I'm excited. We're going, we're, we're killing it on team previews this year. We have so many. We've done so many. We've talked so much hoops that by the time basketball season comes around, I'm not going to care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's the spirit. That's the spirit, Sean. I'm proud of that's you. The, that's the spirit, exactly. Yes. So it is now time to talk the Dallas Mavericks, like we said. Um, that's now two of the three Texas teams, as now we only need the Houston Rockets. But joining us from Mavs Moneyball, Mr. Doyle Raider, who we have via cell phone. Doyle, how are you? Welcome to 48 Minutes. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We're happy to have you. So, Doyle, before we get into the show and we talk about everything, tell us a little bit about... You, you know, how you became, what made you fall in love with the Mavericks, where your writing is, you know, where people can find you if they want to see your work, you know, how you got involved with Mavs Moneyball, whatever you want to tell us, by all means, take take the time. Uh, Sure, no problem. Uh, Well, I'm from Dallas, so liking the Mavericks was just kind of a natural fit. And then, um, like, right out of college, I just kind of started writing about ball and the NBA in general, and uh, slowly worked my way into finding gigs like i write for uh, uh channel eight the local abc affiliate here mavs moneyball like you say and uh, i also just recently started writing some posts for forbes as well so i post all that stuff on my twitter the handles the kobe beef all one word and uh, that's where you can find me most of the time that's awesome so before we do get into a talk the mavs as we see doyle has you're a little all over the place man i dig it you're like me you know you got you're, you got your hands in a lot yeah. of a lot of different things there. I, I love it. Uh, so this is 48 sure. Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com, where you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Alexa, and, of course, Spotify. If you do have some moments and you have two minutes of your time, be sure to give us one of those nice five-star reviews as we've been working very hard on all these team previews for you. And you can also check us out on 48MinutesNetwork.com, where you can check out all of our articles, including Sean Mackey's top ten te- games to watch for the season coming up. With that being said, Doyle, the Dallas Mavericks, yeah. um, let's just start with, it's obvious, the Dallas Mavericks should be arrested for robbery from the NBA draft getting Luka Doncic. What do you think about that? I think that was uh, one of the greatest things I've ever heard <laughs> draft night. <laughs> and uh, I really want to thank Trey Young for existing, because without him, Luka Doncic in Dallas would not be possible. So yeah, that 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 was definitely. I was I was floored. I was I was here at the AAC covering the event live, and uh, you know, obviously like scrolling, refreshing Twitter as much as possible. And then you know, I think it was Mark Stein from uh, where, where is he now? The New York Times dropped it. It was probably going to happen, and I just went out and you know just gave this look to a few of the guys I know who around my age that I, I write with and parts of the media. And I was like, oh, 
it's happening and we were just like kind of floored because I didn't think they'd any, have any way of like kind of moving up to get him I mean after like seeing that Aiden and Bagley were going to go because I believe that leaked earlier on in the day at 1 and 2 I, th- I thought there was an outside chance but like someone with like Doncic's pedigree coming over I, I didn't think the Mavericks had any chance at like moving up to 3 or something to get him so I was I was floored and and the fan in me was thrilled. So, so let, let's see here. I'm trying to think because we're Bulls fans. Sean and I are. The closest thing we probably mm-hmm. have, not now, obviously, was when the Bulls won the lottery to get Derrick Rose, and I'm pretty sure I shed grown man tears that night. Like, were you? How close were you <laughs> to grown man tears that night, Doyle? Uh, I mean, I was more like just. I was kind of just in a state of shock more than anything, like because I, you know. The Mavericks haven't cared about the draft in about. Uh, <laughs> Have they had know. picks for a while? <laughs> no, they really haven't. Like, it's, I think since like Josh Howard kind of was like their last major pick. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, they've had others because they they swung a deal for Jay Crowder and he's doing well in the league, but he was only on the team for like a year and a half before he was moved, and so like draft picks just kind of don't hang around they got like Shane Larkin a few years ago and he had a nice little run with the the Celtics last year but he's not even in the NBA again this year he's out he's off back in Europe so like yeah the Mavericks have just they really just punted on the draft for years like you know just me growing up and then like you know since I've been covering the team and that just hasn't mattered and so yeah just a state of shock after this one because this is, in my opinion, the best possible player that they could have gotten, especially for the system that they were Absolutely. Run. Absolutely. I'm such a big Luka fan. I'm so excited that he's over and the fact that he got to go there. I'm so happy he didn't go to Atlanta. I'm so, like you said, thank you, Trey Young, for existing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think he would have, uh, I mean, you know, I don't want to dog on the Atlanta franchise at all, but, I mean, Luka definitely, like, found the right place for him with with Carlisle's system of just like just ball handlers all out spread out on the wing and like he's gonna have like free reign to create I'm sure I mean Carlisle's a little tough but I have a funny feeling that they'll work very well together so yeah it's uh it's great (laughs) so last year the Mavericks um were able to get Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. in the draft. And he had a, a pretty decent uh, rookie season. It wasn't like... He should have won the, the gun greatest. contest. He was robbed. He, he, he should have won. He should have won. Hey, he Gunn absolutely was, was robbed. Yeah. He, he, was, he was good. He was good. So, so he's coming in into his second year also as mm-hmm. a point guard. How do you see him fitting uh, with this team with them obviously drafting Doncic? I think... Well, I think he'll be all right, honestly. He, yeah, he he played just fine last year, honestly. For, I mean, I think he met like every expectation, you know, because he wasn't hurt, which was great. He played well. He definitely showed improvement. There's a few things he can still improve, like his outside shooting needs a little work from like the pull-up uh, three-point perspective. Uh, but other than that, I think he's good. He's a good good slasher and I think that's really going to benefit him playing alongside Luca. like his ability to just get in the lane and then rise above everyone like you know Luca can find anyone if, if for just 
based on what I've seen from like the EuroLeague footage of him. And so I think that's great. And uh, Carlisle always wants like more as many playmakers as he can put on the floor. Like there's a reason he would guard line just so he can flying around, even if like you know Devin Harris is out there playing small forward, which isn't you know he Devin Harris is like an inch shorter than I am. I'm six four and he's six three, so I know I can't guard an NBA small forward. So yeah, <laughs> he's just so out of yeah. He's he's definitely out of position there, but it's it's just about moving the ball within the system, and I think Dennis is smart enough to you know be able to do that because when he played alongside like JJ Barea or somebody like that, Barea is a very ball dominant guard, and so I think that was a good little learning curve for Dennis to kind of learn more about being off ball because he was such like a you know on ball p- person throughout you know his one season in college because he had to have it in his hand to create for that team. So, a couple years back, the mm-hmm. the Dallas Mavericks uh, tried to sign DeAndre Jordan. Obviously, there was the big uh, uh, kidnapping uh, situation where he, he disappeared after after committing and then kind of decommitted and now he's now he's actually with Dallas now. Uh, how do you yeah. see him contributing this year? Well, I think there's going to be a lot less emojis this time around. <laughs> uh, you know, I I was not a huge fan to be honest of bringing him on because the initial reports were they were going to try and get him for a longer deal than they did. And, you know, he's, he's turning 30, I believe it's he either did just this summer or he will this season. And, I mean, now that's by no means, like, over the hill for the NBA. It's not like yeah. a running back in football or anything. But it's still, it's still a concern considering, like, the youth on the team. But for one year and whatever he's making, like, $20 million or something like that, I think that's an incredible deal. It gives them both, like, a trial period of a year to see if this thing is something they both want to pursue after this. Or if they just want to part ways on like good mutual terms. So, I mean, DeAndre is kind of like a uh, a perfect style for Carlisle because he just wants a rebounding rim rolling center. That's that's and they can like you know alter shots. It's kind of like what Tyson Chandler was, and I I, I don't know if I can put DeAndre up in that same category, uh, but he is definitely like one of the elite rim rollers and rebounders in the league for sure. And so, so I think, even though I was a little apprehensive at first, I think this will probably turn out pretty well. I mean, he just he just has to grab boys and catch lobs. That's That seems like an ideal scenario right there. I mean, I wish I could do that, you know? <laughs> this, this could be... But yeah, so I, th- I, think, I think it'll be all right. But in terms of long-term fit, with like I think Harrison Barnes and like Dwight Powell are the oldest people the franchise or the front office considers part of their core, which I mean we'll have to see about that in the future. Uh, those guys are both like 26, and every Luca's 19, Dennis is 20, and then they just keep getting younger. Obviously, like Dirk kind of like <laughs> changes things up in terms of like average age just because he's 40, but. I, yeah, DeAndre, like, long-term, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but I think for one year, I think that's the best deal they could have swung right there. 
what is actually better for the franchise, Doyle? Is it getting DeAndre or uh, DeAndre Jordan, or getting rid of Nerlens Noel? I feel like it's kind of even if you got to make a case, right? Uh, I mean, I think Nerlens was kind of going to be out anyway. I mean, all my interactions with Nerlens were like fine. He's a really nice guy. He just kind of fell out of favor. And he honestly took it a lot better than some of the other players I've seen come through the locker room. I mean, like Rajon Rondo, for one, especially. <laughs> That's always the one people bring up. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, he, he was always, I don't know, he, he definitely didn't want to be in Dallas. That's, that's what I can say about that. He wasn't the most pleasant person to interact with at times. <clears throat> other times, he just wanted to beat you in uh, Connect Four. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, seriously, he's like a champion Connect Four player. It's crazy. But uh, Nerlens, yeah, like uh, it was really just kind of unfortunate that he got that suspension at the end, because that means that that was like his third strike that he'd gotten caught. And so, yeah, it just kind of was just icing on like a, just a, a bad cake, unfortunately. But you know, <laughs> he's a nice enough guy, and like you know, if he can just like, I don't know what he needs to do because he's clearly has enough skill to stay in the league but he just needs to find something to like make his skills like translate and be more valuable to a team so maybe he can find that in Oklahoma City I don't know but you know I'm sure Billy Donovan will give him a nice little shot to see what he can do playing behind Steven Adams or something so I don't know yeah yeah yeah, he, was, he wasn't going to stay around. So I don't think it was like an either-or like type of situation. But definitely getting DeAndre is an upgrade for sure. <laughs> I'll say that. That's, that's a no-brainer right there. <laughs> so talking about, you know, obviously Luca was the big part of the offseason. It's a big, you know, the biggest move they could have made probably in the last few years. Um, honestly, I really, yeah. really, really like what Dallas did in the draft. I think, you know, obviously getting him, the deal they made, which we've joked about already enough on this podcast in the 12 minutes we've been talking, um, but mm. getting Jalen Brunson in the second round, I love Jalen Brunson at Villanova, though I thought it was hilarious people thought he was the best player on Villanova's team. He was not, um, but he's still a very, yeah. <laughs> very formidable player. Um, you go and you get Ray Spalding, who I like a lot too. That's a really, really good, especially in that 55-60 range. That's a guy really worth taking mm. a flyer on. And then, of course, at the end, you get Antetokounmpo, but not Giannis. You get Costas, who, at yeah. the last pick of the draft, you know, why not take a flyer on him? I really like that Dallas is really – it's like that halfway between rebuild and we're going to make a run at it because, yeah, you got DeAndre Jordan, you got Luka, but you still got these young guys that you can really develop. You still have Dennis Smith, but you still have Harrison Barnes, who has been really an established player in the NBA for a while, so – what were your thoughts on draft night? Not just Luke, obviously, which we've already raved about and we're so excited about, but really, I think Dallas won the second round with the way they made those picks. Yeah, I don't watch uh, like very much college ball at all just during this because the seasons overlap with the NBA, and so I just kind of focus mostly on the NBA. But like, I keep I try and keep my uh, ear to the ground on some things. So I'd known a little bit about Brunson, but Spalding I wasn't aware of, and Costas I knew about just because of the family connection. And uh, I really kind of like the way that Brunson carries himself. Cause yeah, I was for sure. League. And, like, 
he's a very matter of fact type person, which I kind of just enjoy players like that, just because talking to them is just like it's easier than like some other people who are like a bit more reserved. And because uh, he, he his shot was just not falling in Vegas, just not at all, and he acknowledged it. But like everything else he was doing on the floor looked solid. Like he was just finding his teammates, falling a lot, especially. And so I think he'll be just fine. Like, I mean, I've seen him in practice, and he was hitting shots in there. So, I mean, I'm not worried about his shot being, like, bad. He might have just had, like, a little, I don't know. Sometimes your shot doesn't fall. It happens to all of us. But uh, with Spalding, yeah, he uh, he runs the floor really well. He definitely has a learning curve that he needs to go through, even though he played in college for a little bit longer than some of these guys do before they come out. And But, yeah, I didn't see anything that was, like, catastrophically bad in summer league and when you're really bad in summer league that just stands out <laughs> oh and Trey young it's all kind of, yeah yeah because <laughs> it's uh it because it's all bad but if you're if you're exceptionally bad in summer league that's a problem yes uh and yeah and uh costas he looked fine like he <laughs> he didn't look like anything special but he was out there to focus and i i Pretty, yeah, they got him on a two-way now, and so I think that's gonna be really good for him because he's just—he's huge, man. Like he's—he's he's thin, but like he's—he's he's tall, and he was active. He was getting some blocks. He was getting some unfavorable calls, so that's gonna happen. Yeah, he was just—I—I I don't know if they won the second round, but I'm like—I'm very happy that they actually cared about taking someone in the second round. Yeah, it's, it's not often that they do that. I think you bring up a good point about the two-way contract. And, like, the more we're doing these teams, the more I'm realizing how important those two-way contracts are. Um, you know, we've talked to Hornets. They got J.P. Mikura. Obviously, I'm biased there because he went to Xavier. Uh, we talked to Pelicans. Yeah. They got Trayvon Blewett, who was awesome in Summer League. Um, the Bulls will now share with Antonio Blake and Lee, who's going to be a part of their team now. He's going to be their their second or third point guard. And you're really seeing so with Costas. Yeah, he, he lit up the Mavs. Yeah, exactly. So with Acostas, this is a chance for him. I mean, obviously, people are going to pay attention to what he does because of his name. Um, but this is a chance yeah. for really for him to like kind of really fine tune his talents and see what he can do in the league. Yeah, I think the Mavericks like. I don't know how seriously they take two ways, but like I, you know, it seems like they take them seriously enough in terms of developing because they got Jonathan Motley last year mm-hmm. on a two way. And I know a lot of Mavs fans really wanted to see him get a shot here at the NBA level, and he did towards the end of the season. But I think his time down in the G League really helped, honestly, because I mean he his best game of like of the regular season it was against the Pistons, and he lit up Andre Drummond like. And <laughs> this is a guy on a two way lighting up like a guy who should be an NBA All Star, you know. So I. The development aspect there, I think, is great for the league as a whole, and I would just kind of like to see more teams really just, like, super buy into it because I think the G League is a fun product as it is, and I can easily be, like, the NBA's next level. I know they're always caring about marketing, but they could easily, like, go crazy with that. And, like, I think it, I think it is a good opportunity for a lot of these guys. The thing with Dallas, though, is they cycled so many guys in and out on the other on their second two-way last year. They kept Motley the whole time. And they went through, I don't even know how many off the top of my head, I would say at least 10 players, minimum probably. And so that's why I said earlier that I don't know how much they actually like value these things. But also, 
the team was losing. <laughs> so why not just bring in a bunch of guys for, you know, a tryout? So we'll see how they use them this year because it's, uh, it's Costas and somebody else. They <clears throat> one. I can't think of who right now. So we're going into the seventh season of uh, Harrison Barnes's career. Um, mm-hmm. He came. To, this is going to be his third season in Dallas, and he's played very well since he's since he's arrived to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I know he's on a max deal and everything. Um, do you think he's leveled out? And what do you think is the chances of him finishing out his current deal with the Mavericks? I think it's likely he finishes out the deal. The the team just seems to like really, really like him and just who he is as a person, both on and off the court. He's a gym rat like Dirk is, which speaks like a lot, like especially like with this franchise. And uh, I don't know in terms of like if he's leveled out or not, because he does a lot of little things and he just like has like little fractional improvements in a bunch of stuff. And you can kind of just see him working on that. I, whether it will eventually just finally pick up some stats. I hope so. Cause you know, that's why he's working on it, but he's been the focal point of this team's offense for two seasons. And you can kind of tell it's been a bit of a grind on him just because he just wears down because he doesn't he's never hurt he plays every game pretty much he has to be told to sit down and like he's up there like trying to go off for 20 points a night which i believe he's average both years yeah and that that's a lot to ask i mean i really think having luca around and, and the second year of dennis will help take some of the pressure off of him and so maybe he can like work on like you know, not being such a black hole on offense because he doesn't pass the ball much. Once it goes to him, he just kind of goes into isolation mode. And he can score like that, but as the game drags on, I don't know if that's necessarily your best option, especially if they're actually serious about trying to win this year. I don't know how realistic those hopes are, but if you're still relying on Barnes to be your primary usage guy, I don't know how how many wins you're going to notch out of that one, unfortunately. Well, I mean, he could. He's one of those guys, you know, who could. He could, with with Luca coming to the team, uh, he's going to help spread the floor. Obviously, I mean, he took four point three three point attempts uh, a game last year. I imagine that might even go up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, with basically two point guards on the floor right now, especially with Dennis Smith, you know, slashing and and having to kick out and everything. So, um, you know, I. I think he's a really good fit with this team. I mean, I know they're paying a lot of money for him at at the moment, but uh, you know, uh, I guess they got money to burn right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, you know, that was when the cap skyrocketed, so that was yeah. just like market rate, the, which was just crazy, and turned out to not be fair for a lot of other players. But you know, whatever. <laughs> he got his, and you know what? I think I he might be a little overpaid in my opinion, but I think he's a unbelievably solid player he does a lot of good work in the community as well i've gone to some of his charity events just to cover those and it's really impressive like he he's like a really upstanding person so i i'm i can see why the mavericks like having him around he is he he might you know occasionally just talk like a robot when when you're asking him stuff but 
I think his action, his actions definitely speak pretty loudly in terms of just like his community involvement and the way he carries himself in the locker room. So, uh, yeah, that's why I think he's going to hold up hold throughout this contract unless the team just goes crazy and tries to deal him in his last year or something like that. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Well, good character guys are, are good to have on the team, especially when you have, uh, especially, you know, now he's going into his seventh season, uh, you know, with the rest of the team being a little bit, a little bit younger right now. And Dirk, obviously, well, probably in the last hit, the last year of his, of his career, you, would, would you think, would you say that at this point? Is this it? Uh, he always has said that <laughs> as long as he's having fun, like, I don't know, I, he never, he never gives, like, a, like, a yes or no answer to that question. He never does. He's, he's not like Kobe that's going to go have, like, a farewell tour. That's, I mean, Dirk doesn't have that type of mentality anyway. No. Uh, yeah, so, but he's always said if he's still having fun, he's going to keep playing. And, I don't know, he might have a lot of fun playing with Luca. So yeah. I wouldn't rule out the possibility of one more season after this. But right now, I I think it's just too early to call it, you know. I, I hope it's not. I mean, <laughs> he's been playing for the majority of my life. So it'd be weird, you know, not seeing him out there. So, yeah, God, actually, I just thought about that. The weirdness of Dirk not being not playing, I'm not ready for, like, the same with Vince Carter. I just I don't know what life is like after that because they've been playing since I was we, a kid. We said this exact yeah, same right? thing last year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll probably, say, we'll probably say it next year too. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> so you talk. Yeah, Dirk, Dirk and Vince can never retire. You know, let's that, just let's just make them like NBA forever ambassadors or something. <laughs> I'm for that. I mean, Kareem played to us like what 44. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know, LeBron's probably going to play until he's 80, so, like, what's the big difference? Yeah, and LeBron will probably still be averaging, like, you know, a triple-double or something like that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, let's talk a little about Rick Carlisle for a minute, Doyle, because, you know, I think now, Sean and I, we've done this Mavericks show every year now that we've had the show. We always come back to just how good he is, and how honest he is and how funny he is too because if you I think it was it was the last year of the year before when the Mavericks were really struggling and he said mm-hmm. and I quote we're a shit team but we're a fun shit team and stuff like that makes <laughs> I, you yeah, I remember that yeah stuff like that really makes you appreciate Rick and he's obviously been really successful for a long time in the league you know and NBA coaches I think maybe compared to like NBA NFL and MLB kind of have like the shortest leashes to be successful unless mm-hmm. you know you're the manager of the Yankees sorry Aaron Pin but um, yeah. what what do you think it is about Rick Carlisle that he just he stays for a long time? I mean, you think about how many coaches the Lakers have had in Rick Carlisle's tenure. How many coaches, you know, everyone but the Spurs basically have had since uh, he's been in the league? You know, what is it about him to where he continues to evolve and continues to stay in the league? Yeah, because he, well, he's right now the third longest tenured coach uh, with a team in the NBA behind Popovich and Spolstra. And, you know, he came, let's see, came up uh, with the Pacers, no, with Detroit, then the Pacers. Then he was off for like a year or two. Then he came here. He's been in Dallas. Gosh, yeah, it's been a long time now that I think about it. Um, I don't know. He's. I think people like, 
to call him a, a warlock or a wizard of something, and I absolutely believe that that is who he really is. Because what he does with the lineups and, like, the players and teams that he's been handed since, like, you know, the championship year, and the fact that he can milk any kind of, like, semblance of good basketball out of some of these guys is remarkable. Like, I don't even know how to describe, like, what he does. Like, it's it's pretty crazy. And, yeah, it's... I mean, I guess it helps that you have Dirk. But, I mean, that only, that only goes so far. Like, getting the most out of, I don't know, just some of these guys that came up. Like, Antonis Cleveland, he gave a shot last year for a few games until he got roasted. Uh, who is it? Who is it? it was, He's a bull uh, now. Jamal Crawford. Huh? He's a bull now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's an NBA player, but man, he needs to learn how to not get roasted by Jamal Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I it's, I don't, yeah, I'm like clearly speechless. I don't have words. I, I'll say this though, if you ever get in eyesight of Rick Carlisle's death stare, it uh, it'll it'll phase you, man. That thing is no joke. <laughs> Like he he does not like some questions asked of him and uh, like I sit behind Tim McMahon from ESPN and like most uh, the, the pressers and uh, they have a good rapport but man McMahon will ask him some uh, just just dead on questions that Carl does not want to hear so I I catch like full full direct gaze of death stare it might not be directed at me but I I'm right there. That thing, that thing is, that thing is intimidating, man. Like it is, it is no joke. But uh, you know, I just think he uh, he expects his guys to compete, and he expects them like to do it his way. I mean, he's a lot more lenient now in terms of just the flow offense, but he has just an uncanny knack to find a guy's talent and really pull that out of him and to the point of like exploiting it for the better like like Dwight Powell of all people when you just think about like even when you think about all the rim rolling like finishing at the rim centers in the NBA and like all the good ones like Capella like Jordan people like that Dwight Powell has the best percentage out of all of them in terms of points per possession like percentile and just like you know finishing at the rim like it's wild and like it's Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell can't guard a barn. He's not a great <laughs> rebounder. Like, but he is an elite rim rolling, you know, dunking machine. And you can't, and you have to respect that. And that's what Carlisle like got out of him when when Powell came over in the trade with Rondo. Like, I was like, all right, whatever. At least he's young. And uh, now it's like, oh, he's found a niche on the team and I guess I kind of like that he's here because the team plays ball when he's on the floor and I never thought that I would say those words ever in my life (laughs) (laughs) so let me ask you this um, just kind of get your thoughts on uh, just really really honest your opinion because most of these teams that we talk about when we do these team previews we kind of know where they're at and honestly, mm. I, I don't know how to judge the Mavericks. There's part of it I look at them and I'm like, look at all the improvements they've made. Look at this, getting DeAndre, you know, Luka. I'm like, 
they might make a run for the seven or eight seed in the West. And then there's part where I look and I'm like, yeah, but they're really young and they're really still inexperienced. They're still figuring it out. So let me ask you, Doyle, as a guy who covers this team, who writes for this team, what exactly is the Dallas Mavericks ceiling and what is the Dallas Mavericks floor? Um, I've always kind of said uh, if they win about 35 games this year, that can be that's definitely a success. They won 24 last year, so an 11 game improvements going to be pretty phenomenal, I think, for this roster. But I mean, that's where Vegas has them at. Vegas has them as an over under of 34 and a half. I was just looking at that the other day, and I think that's pretty accurate. I I'd like to say that they could maybe like make a playoff run. Uh, but I just don't know. The West is insane. Like, yes. This is just, it's, it's brutal. It's not fair, and it's not fun to, like, see all these other teams like, oh, yeah, there's no chance. But that's kind of that's kind of how I feel. The team talks about, like, or at least, at least Cubans mentioned it and some other other people in the front office that they, they want to be back in the playoffs. I don't know that that's going to happen this year. Uh, it's just, that's just such a tough, tough thing to ask. But if they make any kind of improvement, I think that's good. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, I think around 35 wins, I think that'd be great. I mean, they don't have a draft pick next year unless they're in the top five. So and it'd have to be like a lot of things would have to go wrong for that to happen. So I, they clearly just, you know, they're just might as well play for whatever. But. I was taking a look at the season since uh, the schedule since it came out on Friday. After the first few games of the season, they go on like a stretch of 20 games where I think it's 13 of the opponents are former playoff teams from last year, and plus they play the Lakers twice in that. So, yeah, so they could already like they could fall and have a quick 15 losses within the first, like, 20, 25 games of the season if they're not careful. So that's that's what I'm looking at. And so they've gotten off to a bad start the past two seasons, and that's re- really kind of set the whole rebuild tank, if you want to call it that, in motion. And if that happens again, I mean, heck, who knows? But the schedule does soften up and gets a little bit more balanced later on. So we'll see. But that that opening stretch, I think, is going to say a lot to me on, on who they are and where they might end up at the uh, towards the end of the season. Because uh, that hard stretch ends on December 9th. I was just writing about this. So that's I think, is the first real milestone to see what this team is and if they might overshoot their expectations. I mean, 40 wins. I don't know if I'd go that far, but we'll see. We'll see right now. I don't think they're a playoff game. So Doyle, uh, with every Mm -hmm. season preview we've been doing, I've been asking this one question. I'm actually jacking it from one of our, our, our former hosts season preview questions. So, if you were going to give one bold prediction about the Dallas Mavericks 2018-19 NBA season, what would it be? 
Oh gosh, that's a tough one. It's not bold to say Luca's going to win the uh, Rookie of the Year because he will. <laughs> oh, you just you just know it's going to happen. Oh, it's absolutely going to happen. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <sighs> oh, let's see. Salah Mejri will get in a fight on the court with Kevin Durant in one game. That's my <laughs> bold prediction. I'll be watching for that one. I like that. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he, he Salah likes to talk some shit. So <laughs> I'm ready then. Yeah, so I I could see that one happening. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm yeah. all I'm all for <laughs> anyone that wants to get under Kevin Durant's skin because it's very easy. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he blocked him. Uh, I remember it was like Salah's first year uh, in the NBA a couple of years ago, and the Oklahoma City was in town, and he blocked him and Westbrook in like the same quarter and was just like flexing all over him. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, Doyle, this has been really fun, man. We've really enjoyed talking with you and kind of giving us some insight yeah. on the maps. Uh, before we let you go and get you out of here, uh, we like. I know we kind of did a little bit of being in the show, but if you would like to take a minute here to once again give a shout out to where we can find your work, how we can interact with you on social media, all that stuff, the floor is yours, my friend. Okay, great. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciated it. Uh, you can find my work on. Well, just go to my Twitter. It's uh, the Kobe Beef, all one word, and then I tweet out I like pretty much everything I write, and I write for a contributor to Forbes, Mavs Moneyball, and uh, WFA TV here in Dallas. So that's that's where you can find me if you don't want to get online and follow along the NBA with me. Excellent. Well, Doyle, this is awesome. We really, we really, really enjoyed having you. Um, so that being said, we will go ahead and wrap up the Dallas Mavericks team preview of 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. Uh, be sure to check out all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere. I Gosh, I, that's hard to read off so many times in an episode. And check out 48MinutesNetwork.com where you can check out all of our articles and podcasts of the past. So on behalf of Sean Mackey, this is Tim Daniel. Everyone, have a good night, and thanks for tuning in.